Why are Americans afraid to speak out about the slide of our culture toward immorality? U.S. Senator Jim DeMint joins us to discuss it. And the president and several candidates speak out on the anniversary of Roe versus Wade. Also, what insights on God and the meaning of life can be found in the TV series Lost? We'll talk about it with the author of a new book. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Your host is Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson. 35 years ago today, the United States Supreme Court declared and decided that under the law, an unborn child is not considered a person. Thank you very much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Jerry Johnson will be with us a little bit later. That was President Bush on the 35th anniversary of Roe versus Wade yesterday at the March for Life rally, really marking the anniversary of the landmark Supreme Court ruling Roe versus Wade, speaking to the marchers as he does every year. And he also said at the end of his remarks that the hearts of the American people are good, their minds are open to persuasion, and our history shows that a cause rooted in human dignity and appealing to the best instincts of the American people cannot fail, so take heart. And that is the question that I have. Can such a cause fail, or are we headed in the wrong direction in this country? And with us to discuss that is a very special guest. He is U.S. Senator Jim DeMint from South Carolina, and uh, he has been a leader uh, in the cause of righteousness in the United States Senate for several years. We're so grateful to have him with us now to discuss his new book, Why We Whisper. Uh, Senator DeMint, thank you for joining us. Anna, thank you for having me. You've written a book with a very provocative title, Senator DeMint, Why We Whisper, and I know that uh, it basically communicates a great concern that you have for the direction this country is taking. Tell me why you wrote the book. Well, I have spoken out on a, a number of moral issues um, as suggesting that there's some things are wrong, and they're wrong because they're bad for individuals, bad for our culture, and the government should not be encouraging them. And I found that while the media may pound me and I got all this public criticism that hundreds of people would come up to me and encourage me, but they would always lean in and whisper and they would say, stick to it, don't back down, you're right. But they were intimidated. They were afraid to speak out on moral issues. And just like the issue you introduced the show with, abortion, abortion was considered wrong in America by just about everyone until the government came in and said, it's not only legal, but it's a right of, of, of people. 
and it, it turned right and wrong upside down. And unfortunately, since the 1960s, the, the government has done that with um, unwed births. They've done it with pornography. They've done it with gambling. And we're experiencing huge social cost or, and huge cost in, in our government. Some of the biggest expenditures we have in government, $150 billion a year, uh, go to children of unwed births. And then the cost multiplies from there from juvenile delinquency and incarceration. And we just have huge problems. But what this book did is we went back to the 60s and, and we document how government decisions, court decisions, have basically started to encourage destructive and costly behavior, uh, and they, uh, they they discouraged behavior that actually helps our culture, like marriage, through our tax code or other things. And and a lot of this goes back, Tana, to the basic uh, radicalization of the idea of separation of church and state. It started with just, hey, the teacher can't say a prayer in school. Mm-hmm. But that became separating uh, God from country, and now it means separating values from our culture. And if anyone expresses a value, if, if I say that abstinence is, is right, the government is basically saying that that's a religious um, a prejudice on my part, and that it cannot be part of the public debate. Senator DeMint, that's exactly the question I wanted to ask you, because uh, what we've done, I think, in this country, and uh, your book addresses this, is that we've taken moral values, traditional values, things that have done the country good, like uh, the idea of uh, sex within marriage, for instance, and we've made this a religious value. And so since it is, and because of the quote-unquote separation of church and state, all of a sudden we can't talk about it. That's true. I mean, it's just being, um, I mean, that's why people with values and traditional um, views are intimidated, because a lot of what we value has some religious connection. And we're being told that none of that counts anymore. In fact, if, if it does have a religious connection, you can't even enter it into the public debate. And, and what you said is, is very important, because it's not about, about promoting religion. It's about promoting the ideas that are good for our country. And, and w- the book, While We Whisper, looks at a lot of the statistics of what um, marriage does as far as just benefiting people and children and society. When, when a couple comes together and gets married and has children and raises those children and presents them to society as a taxpayer and a productive member of our community, I mean, they've done a great service. On the other hand, if you have a child without being married and you don't have the proper discipline in the home and you have to have public support and they end up as criminals, um, I mean, you've done a huge disservice. But the government encourages unwed births and discourages marriage. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And our government should promote those things that are good for the general welfare. And that's what we're trying to say in this book is the government has turned right and wrong upside down. But I think the government can change that. And and you can see that through little examples, maybe not so little, but just like smoking. Smoking used to be faddish, but then the government decided it was bad for you and put warnings on the the cigarettes and banned smoking on airplanes and buses and and some public places. And and by the, the government changing its position, society actually changed the way it felt about smoking. And now we recognize it as something that's bad for us as individuals and for our society. And it's not that people who smoke are bad. 
it's just that it's bad for us as a country and the government shouldn't encourage it. And so we we need to look at these other I mean when the government starts promoting same-sex marriage for instance, we destroy the institution of marriage and when we basically endorse a very destructive behavior. And we need to make these decisions not based on religion, but the fact that the scientific data says this is bad for individuals in our culture and we shouldn't promote it. So what we're encouraging in the book is for people to just stand up and speak out and not be intimidated. We've got to elect people who will help us uh, in government change a lot of our uh, judicial system. I mean, uh, the laws are so complex and confusing that the ACLU can tie people up in court for years. And even if they lose the case, people are out hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so, so people are just not willing to stand up. My guest is Senator Jim DeMent of South Carolina. He's a United States senator, and uh, he is speaking the truth here on the program today. He is the co-author of a new book entitled Why We Whisper, and his co-author is uh, David Woodard. The two of them have uh, really brought uh, forward the idea that uh, it's very difficult and scary sometimes for pro-family, uh, traditional values Americans to actually speak up about the values they believe in. And often uh, our government is also funding immorality. Uh, we talk about reigning and spending. As a matter of fact, you mentioned, uh, Senator DeMent, the presidential race. One of the candidates, uh, John McCain, who actually won in your state over the weekend, the primary, says that if elected president, he would rein in federal spending. One of the reasons why we're tough times is because we Republicans let spending get completely out of control. We betrayed the trust of our conservative base when we went on a spending spree of incredible proportions. Well, it's Republicans and Democrats, uh, but Senator DeMint, you know, you mentioned the family and marriage. And if the family is strong, government has to spend less dealing with some of the problems that come from broken families, doesn't it? You're exactly right. And, and, and I've become very critical of these people who say I'm a fiscal conservative but not a social conservative. The fact is, as our culture declines, uh, the society becomes more dysfunctional, and we need more policemen and more lawyers and more jails, and the government has to become bigger and bigger because people can't operate on their own. Uh, They can't be self-sufficient. And what happens when people are raised in a family with a a mom and a dad and and there's there's work involved and um, discipline and those children grow up to be productive members of society, and just as you said, the government doesn't have to take care of them. Uh, but we just have to recognize that a lot of the things we're spending money on as a government are actually problems that have been caused by the government. And we see little cases of, for instance, if a state um, has stronger child support laws, then the unwed births go down. People will respond to the law, and we have to connect the consequences to this bad behavior and not create incentives that if you have a child out of wedlock that we're going to pay for your health care, and then we're going to give you a monthly paycheck. And and we, we have done this to ourselves. While those who get married and work and struggle, they have to pay their own health care, and they have to come up with their own salaries. Uh, the government should not be at odds with those things that are good for our country, and, and very much the government is today. You know, I see this problem, Senator uh, DeMint, on the university campus. Uh, in a sense, uh, those kids who are in the state-funded universities speaking traditional values, and even professors who try to 
to uh, do that there on the university. They are very much discriminated against, aren't they? Oh, they are. We have a chapter in the book called Secular Cathedrals, and, and we really talk about universities and, and how someone who arrives there with traditional values are, are intimidated. Even one of the stories we use is a just required reading by a freshman at Clemson University, and, and it was a, a book that was just full with countercultural kind of ideas that you wouldn't want your child to have to read going off to college. And um, and we just make a point that this is government-funded in, in many cases uh, to a large degree, and, and we consider a university a peer-government peer group, and the state universities have become very secular and very liberal, and it's not just values. It's They're generally anti-capitalist, so they're against the free enterprise system in a lot of ways. And we just should not sponsor that as a society and unless the people stand up and change it and elect people who understand that values are part of our foundation and that we can't throw values out just because someone says, hey, that's religious. Um, you know, when people, some of the liberals that have read my book have said, well, you're promoting a theocracy. And that's exactly the opposite. In fact, we are a theocracy now. We, we are a secular theocracy that pushes secularism throughout our culture. What we want is a government that will protect our right to practice our faith in all areas of our lives. And we have a diversity of faiths in this country. But the values we all share, and we need to share those family values and those things that are, we know are right and wrong and, and support them as a culture and as a government. Senator Jim DeMinth is our guest. Uh, you will not be surprised when I tell you that he was recently ranked as the Senate's most conservative member by National Journal and also as the number one senator voting for responsible tax and spending policies by the National Taxpayers Union. We're going to ask him uh, what some of the solutions are to the problems that he lays out in his book, Why We Whisper. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we also will open up the phones for you if you have a question or a comment for U.S. Senator uh, Jim DeMint, we'll hold him for a few more minutes. And uh, you are listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Also, uh, we're going to discuss the uh, anniversary of Roe versus Wade. What did some of the presidential candidates say about it yesterday? Uh, they're talking about the right to life. And uh, do you believe them? That's next. Give us a call, 800-881-9270. Churches all over town. Christian radio and TV. God opens the windows of heaven to you. The Pledge of Allegiance. And in your pocket on a few coins, a declaration of trust. One nation under God. We should be looking for candidates who endorse us. January 29th, Criswell College presents a lecture series to explore if it's still true. One nation under God. Dr. Richard Land, president of the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission, will be speaking. It is our 
responsibility to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. You are invited. We've got so much to talk about. January 29th, 30th, and 31st at the Criswell College in Dallas. We'll hear if America's past is on track with America's future. One nation under God. Listen also for extra coverage from the CRN News team. More of the music and ministry you can trust. This month from the Criswell Radio Network. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. You're here because you know that all life deserves to be protected. And as you begin your march, I'm proud to be standing with you. That's President Bush speaking to the marchers uh, who participated in the March for Life yesterday on the 35th anniversary of the abortion decision, Roe versus Wade. With us is U.S. Senator Jim DeMent, and uh, we are so glad to have him with us. He's been very effective for traditional moral values in the United States Senate, and he's written a new book along with a co-author, David Woodard, Why We Whisper, and uh, he's really talking about the cultural uh, decline and how it's connected with attacks on our free speech. And uh, before we get back to the interview, I want to mention to you that all month we have an emphasis at KCBI on uh, God and country. And this Sunday night at 8 o'clock p.m., please join us for a special broadcast called One Nation Under God. Dr. Jerry Johnson will host. Uh, there are interviews with Dr. Richard Land, Newt Gingrich, David Barton, and Alan Dershowitz. Very interesting special. Join us at 8 o'clock on KCBI. And uh, if you're listening on one of the other stations in the Chriswell Network, you can listen online uh, live. And uh, Senator DeMent, I want to ask you uh, about some of the solutions to this separation between morality and our country and the idea that we aren't allowed to speak out about it. I know one solution, and that is our friends at the Alliance Defense Fund, who we interview quite often. They stand up against the ACLU uh, for our ability to speak out uh, for these issues. But what else? Well, well, they're a huge help. And one thing before I forget, we do have a website, whywewhisper.com, to encourage people to to come on and give us their story. They may have been intimidated. They may have uh, witnessed some form of intimidation, or they may have seen where someone stood up and spoke out and made a difference. And we want to compile these stories and um, and publish that, too, to um, encourage folks that we can make a difference. But I think one of the things is key that we have to do, and first of all, people have to be engaged. This is our country as a people. The politicians don't own it, and it really is a government of the people, and we have to take it back. But we need some major judicial reform. Right now, the ACLU, acting as a surrogate for the courts, can drag people into courts and threaten lawsuits, and they don't have to win their cases to cost you thousands of dollars in public embarrassment. And the the laws are so complex and confusing that people often don't know what their rights are. A, a school is afraid to allow a Bible study after uh, after uh, classes, even though it's it's legal, because if they get a threat from the ACLU, they have to spend thousands of dollars to defend it. So we we need a, a loser pay system. We need if 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 you sue me and you mm-hmm. lose, you have to pay for my court costs. Just common sense things so that the the, the ACLU and other um, groups cannot use the courts as a sledgehammer to to beat down the traditional voices. Uh, we also need to to encourage more school choice. I'm not sure we're ever going to be able to 
have government schools that reflect the values of society, and, but we, we need to allow people to educate their children with if, a Christian worldview if they want, if they want a secular view, let them, let them choose that. But the idea that we all have to send our kids to a government school where they assume there's no God and all the subjects are taught as if there is no God, we miss a lot of truth because um, science, uh, I don't think, should be taught without the understanding that this world was created. And um, and I think science more and more is proving proving that. So we need to look at freedom of association, uh, groups like the Boy Scouts that have been so abused and intimidated by the ACLU and others. I mean, they need to have a right to set their own standards, uh, have their own pledges with um, God in it if they want, and and they need to to be able to associate with who they want. The same is true for businesses and churches. But we we need the freedom of speech to be clarified by the courts. Right now, it doesn't seem to apply to you and me, but it does to pornographers and those who um, produce obscenity. We've basically said that pornography is a right here in America, and at the same time, people who are speaking out for those traditional values are intimidated by so it everything's up upside down and on its head and uh, the right to privacy is one more I'll mention right now is because that's the the court idea that has expanded to um, protect abortion and sodomy mm-hmm. um, we, we the courts need to clarify what what is our right and what it's not and um, they need to do it based on the Constitution one other thing I'll mention is is marriage which is really the the centerpiece of the institution in our society that preserves our, our values, our way of life. The government needs to encourage that. We need a federal marriage protection amendment so that the, the lawyers don't continue to sue states that try to protect marriage. And we need a tax system that encourages marriage and not discourage it. And there are a lot of things we can do. The easy divorce laws should be considered by the states and um, that basically encourage divorce when what folks really need is counseling. And we've seen a lot of programs crop up around the country that uh, that encourage marriage and, and try to protect marriage, churches partnering with local communities. But we need to make sure that those things are, are not snuffed out by the ACLU and other groups because they have some religious connection. And, and that's our whole point. Let's don't promote religion through government, but let's let traditional values be a part of government policy if we can demonstrate that the outcomes are better. And we can. Senator Jim uh, Demand, a well-timed book. Uh, I think these are issues that need to be considered in this presidential campaign, and I hope people will get hold of this book. Can you tell folks again how they can find out more about it? Okay, come to whywewhisper.com. That's one word, why we whisper, and there you can give us any information that that you have. You can link to Amazon.com and buy the book, and let us know when you speak out, or let us know when someone's trying to uh, shut you up, uh, because the the two weapons we have as uh, as as folks who who share a faith and share a value system is our, I mean, our our voices and our votes, and that's what we've got to take to 2008 elections, because I really do think this election is going to be a battle of of secularism versus traditional values, and we need to make it that. Promoting a national discussion. Senator DeMint, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. 
That is Senator Jim DeMint of South Carolina. And uh, don't you wish that all senators were like him? If we had a Senate full of uh, folks like Senator Jim DeMint, uh, we would not need to be spending money on many of the programs that we need to do to clean up some of the messes in the culture. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, give us a call if you have any comments about this issue and also about the Sanctity of Life commemoration that's been taking place for the last several days. We'd love to hear from you and get your comments if you have some pent-up uh, things to say with regard to that. Uh, yesterday at the March for Life, here was an interesting comment coming from the Reverend Luke Robinson as he spoke to the group at the March for Life rally. He said Americans were more outraged by football player Michael Vick's dogfights than they are about protecting unborn babies. If we can get excited about dogs, surely we can get excited about those who were born in the image of the Almighty God. God bless you. And here's what Congressman Steve King of Iowa said when he spoke to the rally. He said young Americans are survivors of the abortion slaughter. If you're 35 years old or younger and you see someone of your age or younger, remember that in between you stands the ghost of a missing generation. About a third of your generation is gone, lost in the Holocaust of abortion. And he was speaking to many young people. I heard from people who were at the March for Life that it was filled with youngsters, people who have never known a time when Roe versus Wade did not exist, have never known a time when abortion wasn't legal. Many of their brothers and sisters and their peers are not here because of abortion. Now, uh, this is an issue in the presidential race, although you don't hear candidates talk a whole lot about it. Mike Huckabee, though, uh, one of the candidates addressing a rally that took place in Atlanta yesterday, said abortion is a defining issue for the United States. The ultimate way for which a society is remembered is how it treats other people, and particularly how it treats, treats the most vulnerable, the innocent, and those who are defenseless. And uh, Mike Huckabee again uh, at this rally in Georgia saying uh, abortion is the start of a slippery slope. If it can be that an unborn child is deemed inconvenient, unworthy to live, someday that line may move to where you are or to where I am. Huckabee uh, even going as far as comparing abortion to slavery. Abraham Lincoln said over 100 years ago, if slavery is not wrong, nothing is wrong. It would be fair to say that if abortion is not wrong, then nothing is wrong. And ladies and gentlemen, let us settle it today. It is wrong to take the life of an unborn child. Another presidential candidate, also pro-life, and it's very important that we have a pro-life president. We've talked about that before on this program. But campaigning in Florida yesterday, John McCain said he takes seriously the presidential task of appointing federal judges. I want to look you in the eye and tell you I'm proud of my support for those judges to the bench that strictly interpret the Constitution of the United States and do not legislate from the bench. Uh, He says that, but you kind of got to wonder why he led the gang of 14 senators that really stopped President Bush's, uh, some of his uh, very strict constructionist conservative pro-life nominees, from being confirmed. A few were confirmed, but uh, also many weren't, and John McCain was part of that. So someday I'd like to ask him that question. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to do a very interesting segment coming up. If you are a devotee of the television series Lost, you know that that series deals with some very big questions. Some of them touch on the moral, the spiritual, the meaning of life, 
the existence of God. And Dr. Uh, John Ankerberg and also Dale Burroughs have put together uh, some of Lost Spiritual Insights. In fact, they've written a book about it. And uh, so the question is, what can be found in Lost? We're going to find out next on Jerry Johnson Live. Listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. There are so many reasons why Lost is on everyone's top 10 list. Are we really going home? Yeah, we're really going home. With episodes to watch in HD streaming on ABC.com, you will know why. And on Thursday, January 31st. What are you doing? Same thing I've always done. Surviving. You'll be ready when Lost is found. Whatever they came for, it isn't us. Lost, the two-hour premiere event, Thursday, January 31st on ABC. All right, this is Jerry Johnson on Jerry Johnson Live, and we're talking about Lost. Will there be a rescue? Is Charlie really dead? Did he drown? Will Desmond save him? Will Desmond survive? What's going on? And really, is there something for Christians and others to take from this very popular series, Lost? With us to talk about it is Dylan Burroughs. He's a graduate of Dallas Theological Seminary. He's written a book called, What Can Be Found in Lost? Insights on God and the Meaning of Life from the popular TV series. Dylan, welcome to the program. Great to be with you. All right, Dylan, I confess that uh, I have seen every episode of Lost to this point. I don't watch much TV, but uh, my wife and I have bought these um, CD packets, DVD packets, and we've watched every episode. And it's the only series I think I've done that with, except for Alias. I did that with Alias, so the listeners are finding a lot out about me tonight. (laughs) But... um, I'm fascinated by your book and the series, and let's just jump right into it. Uh, The theme of this book really is that uh, they're they're dealing with a lot of supernatural subjects. Uh, They're talking about God and miracles and faith and prayer. Uh, Let's just talk about Lost on God. Sure. I mean, there's so much in this series. I want to be clear up front. Obviously, this is not a Christian show, but as you surf the channels on your television, you would be hard-pressed find another series with this much spiritual content, and you talked a little bit about God and loss, and I was so intrigued because you have a couple of opportunities early in the series. For instance, there's a woman named Rose, and in her backstory, she makes a direct question to the guy she was dating at the time. It says, what does God have to do to get your attention? And it's just one of many moments throughout the Lost series where you have God coming up in these mysterious ways. And the creators of Lost are not talking about God in a a very negative sense, but they're often just leaving the question out there hanging for the audience to grapple with. And it's a very fascinating way to deal with issues of faith. Okay. Uh, Keep going, yeah. I was going to say another one I thought was very significant is you see Jack is asked to operate on Ben Linus, who is the 
head guy of the others. And in the conversation, Ben, who is the lead bad guy in the scenario, asks Jack, do you believe in God? And in that very conversation, Jack responds, well, do you? And he uses that as an opportunity to say, well, I was diagnosed with a, a terminal uh, disease, and suddenly a doctor falls right out of the sky for me. If that's not evidence of God, I don't know what is. And you have this talk that's strikingly similar to what we use in Christian conversations, and it's used in a way that you can talk about with anybody, Christian or otherwise, about matters of faith, matters of life and death, the afterlife, all these big questions of life bottled right in a very well-told and captivating drama series. Okay, this is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking about the series Lost with the author of the book, What Can Be Found in Lost. And let's just back up for a minute, Dylan, because you've mentioned this isn't particularly a Christian uh, television show, but it is a show that really raises questions. It doesn't give the answers, but it does raise a lot of the questions that people are asking today about God and the supernatural. And let's just sort of set the stage, because a lot of people maybe aren't watching this show that we're talking to tonight. Uh, this show is about uh, folks on an airplane that crashes and on an island. It's a mysterious island, and they're trying to survive. Of course, many of them are injured uh, and killed because of the crash. Uh, they're trying to survive off the island. Uh, they find out there are hostile people. There's a group called The Others. It's very mysterious. Uh, there are supernatural beings on this island. There are polar bears on this tropical <laughs> island, <laughs> supposedly. And so um, there's the, people are murdered on this island. So there's a, there's a lot of danger on this island. And in the midst of that, you're right, people are looking for God, and they're looking for miracles. Um, there's also a notion, Dylan, of, of sort of destiny and purpose. Could you talk about that for just a little bit, how that comes up in the series? Yes, it's a great story, and it comes up again and again, this whole issue of fate and destiny played out over and over. In fact, one of the characters, Charlie, has the word fate written across the knuckles of his fingers. And as they tell a little bit of his backstory, you see bits and pieces of what he thinks are different parts of fate, fate in his life. And time and time again, there are these mysterious connections that happen, whether it's with numbers that are used to win the lottery for one of the survivors in his backstory that end up being the same numbers they find on a hatch later on, to uh, other uh, factors such as Charlie finding his guitar hanging over his head in the middle of the jungle when he's looking for it that people start putting these connections together and going, okay, maybe there's a purpose behind this. Maybe there's something going on that we haven't figured out. And for some people, they turn to God as the answer. To other people, they look for human explanations. For others, they look to the island as some mysterious source of wisdom that they've yet to figure out. So everyone is dealing with this question, is there something more to the reason that we're stuck here? And it plays out these great storylines that we use in everyday life, talking about the meaning of our lives, the purpose of our lives, what does that mean, is there more than the day-to-day. -day? It it's great discussion starter material for people you talk with in the workplace and in school. You're talking with, you're listening to Dylan Burroughs, and we're on Jerry Johnson Live today, talking about this series, Lost, 
what can be found in lost. And actually, we're, we're going to open up the lines now. We want you to call in. You may have a question for Dylan Burroughs. The number is 800-881-9270. Particularly people who have watched this series, you may have a question about um, the concept of prayer or miracles or destiny or fate. And uh, again, really how Christians can use these sorts of themes that are out there in entertainment, art, culture, um, to strike up gospel conversations, witnessing opportunities. The number is 800-881-9270, 800-881-9270. Dylan, let me ask you this question. Um, I have noticed, and I saw in the very last episode, um, finally, for um, probably the main character, Jack, uh, but this has played out for almost all of the main characters. Uh, they're likable. They're admirable. Uh, most of them seem noble. Uh, but in these flashbacks, there's, all, there's something very dark. There's something evil. There's something uh, embarrassing, shameful in their past. And so I'm wondering, do you think... Um, do you think this series is trying to say, look, no matter who you are, um, we're fallen, we're sinful, we're flawed? Uh, what, do you, what do you think of that? And then the concept, really, of redemption, that people can change. Oh, yes. I think they're very uh, open in this series about the idea that we all make mistakes and we all mess up. How do we deal with those mistakes makes the difference in our lives. And the question is, what do you do to redeem yourself? And they have some characters such as Echo, who tries to turn to God or to faith as an answer. Others try to do good deeds among the survivors on the island. And they have one episode that's called All the Good Cowboys Have Daddy Issues. And I love that concept because they look into the past of some of the key characters and show the bad relationships they've had with their fathers. And when you look at that, it very much reflects our culture in which you have so many people who've had broken family lives, you've had people who've had major mistakes with a divorce or family situations, and they're all looking for an opportunity to have a second chance. And I am especially intrigued by Kate's story because she has a criminal record in her past. And at one point, Jack is about to confront her about it and decides, you know, everyone needs to have a redo or a second start. And he never asks her to reveal her past, but just gives her a chance to start over once again. And you can see that sense of relief for her and how she wants to become a better person as a result. And I think that's such a great picture of how God works in our lives, is that, yes, he knows we are broken, that we are sinful, but at the same time he offers us a chance to start over, to be redeemed, if we would just come to him and trust in him by faith. This is Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking to Dylan Burroughs. He's written the book, What Can Be Found in Lost. He's talking about the television series Lost. The number is 800-881-9270. If you have a question for him, 800 881 9270. Dylan, uh, let me ask you this. Do you think just simply in the title of this uh, of this series, Lost, I mean, obviously, they're lost on this mysterious tropical island, but it seems to me also that all the characters are lost, that is, <laughs> spiritually, personally, socially. Um, they're trying to find their way. Is, is there a metaphor there about every human being, uh, looking for that purpose and meaning in life. I think you're exactly right. Lost 
has multiple meanings in its very title. You see the fact that they're physically lost by the plane crash on the island, but then each of the characters at different points you discover is trying to find who they are, not only as a person, but as a response to the situation they're in because they're dealing with uh, factors in nature around them, they're dealing with conflict between the people on the island, and they're dealing with the supernatural, whether it's this uh, unknown monster out in the jungle or whether it's the miracles that take place around them, and they try to to answer these questions. Some of them, again, turn to God. You do have one uh, lady, Rose, who seems to have a very strong faith commitment to Christianity, but you also have other characters, such as Saeed, who come from a Muslim background and seek uh, their spirituality that way. You have a lot of Buddhist reflections, ideas about reincarnation. All right, we got to go, Dylan. We're up on a hard break, but when we come back... We're going to talk about the solutions. If you're lost, what are the solutions? It's Jerry Johnson Live. Churches all over town. Christian radio and TV. God opens the windows of heaven to you. The Pledge of Allegiance. And in your pocket on a few coins, a declaration of trust. One nation under God. We should be looking for candidates who endorse us. January 29th, Criswell College presents a lecture series to explore if it's still true. One nation under God. Dr. Richard Land, president of the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission, will be speaking. It is our responsibility to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. You are invited. We've got so much to talk about. January 29th, 30th, and 31st at the Criswell College in Dallas. We'll hear if America's past is on track with America's future. One nation under God. Listen also for extra coverage from the CRN News Team. More of the music and ministry you can trust. This month from the Criswell Radio Network. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's your host, Dr. Jerry Johnson, president of Criswell College and Criswell Communications. Is America still one nation under God? We're going to explore that theme on Sunday night, this Sunday night on KCBI 90.9 FM at 8 o'clock. You're going to hear Alan Dershowitz, Richard Land, Newt Gingrich, David Barton. It's really a best of Jerry Johnson Live. You don't want to miss that this Sunday night at 8 o'clock. And then next week, the Criswell Theological Lectures. We're going to be having Richard Land here at Criswell College at 10 o'clock, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the 29th, the 30th, the 31st, 10 o'clock. Dr. Richard Land will be talking about America. Are we still one nation under God? You do not want to miss that. But with us right now on the line, Dylan Burroughs. He's a graduate of Dallas Seminary. He's written this book, What Can Be Found in Lost?, fascinating booklet about a book about the television series. Dylan, back to you. I mean, this series certainly raises a lot of questions, questions about the afterlife, questions about redemption, uh, sin, prayer, miracles. Let me ask you this, Dylan. Uh, How would you suggest that Christians uh, use this phenomenon of this series? It's very popular, and their websites uh, dedicated to uh, the theories about the show, the characters, the numbers. How can Christians use this phenomenon to get to the gospel? Because I, I think it's probably safe to say that the answers are not really on the program. I mean, I'm interested. I watch the program, but the answers are not there, just the questions. So how would you get to that? 
You're right, and it does a great job of raising questions, just as any good drama would, and you would expect it to, but does not provide the answers to the mainstream show. So that's a good question that you bring up. But the answer to that, I think, is to really connect with people where they are. If they've seen a particular episode of Lost, they're going to refer to maybe a particular character who died and how that affected them. And it gives you an opportunity to ask about questions of life and death, what they believe about what happens to a person after they die, for instance. And then you can get into matters of faith. You know, are they prepared for what happens to them after they die? And naturally walk that person in the progression from uh, everyday matters they've seen in a TV show to what's going on with them personally. Another example is the Law series mentions the Bible or references the Bible multiple times. So when something comes up in an episode and you're talking, did you notice that they use the Bible right there in this episode where Echo's talking to Locke? Ask them about what they think regarding the Bible, because ultimately we believe God's Word is the way to know mostly about Jesus, and that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. So if we can get people to God's Word through a show like this that raises these spiritual questions, we can start to help them walk through some of the questions Jesus asked, like in the Gospel of John, just helping somebody go through some of those verses and ask the questions for themselves. Because the reality is most people are interested in spiritual matters, but they're simply living a life that's too busy to stop and wrestle with these questions. So if you can meet them where they are through something like lost, point them toward God's Word and ask those tough questions, you can take them that next step to talking about matters of faith in their own life. Dylan Burroughs is the co-author with Dr. John Ankerberg of What Can Be Found in Lost Insights on God and the Meaning of Life from the popular TV series. You can go to Harvest House publishers.com get this book uh, if you're a devotee of the series if you want to talk to others or hooked on it uh, get this book it will show you uh, how to go from lost to found and thank you so much dylan for being with us today thank you so much for having me appreciate it all right penna i understand you've not seen a single episode i've seen every episode (laughs) i'll find out someday what you watch but uh, it is a very interesting series, and there are a lot of theories in this book about this. A lot of people can't figure out what's really going on. Some people think the island is purgatory. Some mm. people think the future is affecting the past. Some think this is really about aliens. Some think that this is all in someone's mind, uh, or it's a government experiment, or everything happens for a reason. Some think it's like the Truman Show. You know, that's all a production that people are watching. So uh, it's very interesting. There are a lot of mind games going on in this uh, series, Lost, and uh, I do recommend this little book. It's fascinating. But I understand uh, Al Gore is not running for President Penna, but he is back in the news. Tell us about it. Well, I'm not sure if I'm going to get this book first or go and get the DVDs and start watching this. I've got my appetite whetted here a little bit. But uh, you are right. You know, we spoke earlier in the program with Senator Jim DeMint, and he was talking about marriage and how... Uh, it's being, in a sense, uh, downgraded, and that's bad for the culture and bad for the society. And, you know, this, this effort to redefine marriage is certainly not helpful. But Al Gore sort of disagrees. In fact, he has quietly released a video endorsing equal marriage rights for gays and lesbians. I think it's wrong for the government to discriminate against people because of uh, that person's uh, sexual orientation. Uh, I think that uh, gay men and women ought to have the same rights as heterosexual men and women uh, to make contracts, to have hospital visiting rights, to join together in, uh, in marriage. Uh, and I don't understand why it is 
considered by some people to be a threat to heterosexual marriage to allow it uh, by gays and lesbians. Shouldn't we be promoting the kind of uh, faithfulness and loyalty to one's partner regardless of sexual orientation? Because if you don't do that, then to that extent you're promoting promiscuity and you're promoting all the problems that can result from promiscuity. And the, the, the loyalty and love that two people feel for one another when they fall in love ought to be celebrated and encouraged and shouldn't be prevented by any form of discrimination in the law. Well, he says that uh, gay marriage doesn't uh, isn't a threat to marriage, but it is because it actually redefines and changes marriage. That's right. And uh, the government really does have an interest in seeing that children are brought up in healthy home situations. And uh, you're not going to have that with uh, male-male homes and female-female homes. You're just not going to have that. Government has a compelling interest to see that children are raised in a in an optimum family situation, and that's with a man mm-hmm. and a woman. Well, uh, let me connect this to the lost theme, because Al Gore, even though he claims to be a Southern Baptist, is really not operating from the Christian worldview when he talks like this, when he, when he equates homosexual and heterosexual sexuality. Uh, God's way is heterosexual relationships, not homosexual relationships. And um, he essentially is eliminating the category of sin. He is eliminating the category of sin. And one thing about this TV series Lost is that it does sort of reaffirm the fall as a reality of this world and of human nature. That is, everybody is flawed, everybody has fallen, and we we shouldn't try to justify sin. We need to see it for what it is and try to deal with it. And I'm going to Luke 15 right now, where Jesus told a parable of a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. And this lost son lived a very debauched life. He went off and wasted his money and riotous living. And he came back. And when he came back, the father was ready to receive him. And I think that's a picture of God who loves us, and who sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins because we are lost and we need to be found. We need to be saved. We need to be forgiven. You need to come to Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.